In this week's episode of Startups for the Rest of Us, I catch up with Mike Tabor and he gives us an update on what he's been up to with Blue Tick for the past five weeks. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Rob Walling. Each week on the show, we cover topics and tactics related to building and growing startups in order to better your life and improve the world in a small way. This is a show made by and for ambitious startup founders who want to build ambitious startups but want to stay sane at the same time and aren't willing to sacrifice our life or our health in order to grow our company. We want to make interesting things. We want to be constantly learning and growing and evolving. And we want to be in control of our time. I think that's a big motivation why a lot of us start these companies is so that we can work on stuff that is super interesting to us and that we're able to to create and push things out into the world and do things in public, create opportunity for ourselves, and own our own destiny. We have many show formats, interviews, hot seats, listener questions, but about every five weeks or so, Mike Tabor comes on the show. He and I co-hosted the show for the first 448 episodes, and now he is spending a lot of time focusing on his startup, Blue Tick at bluetick.io, and he updates us on his journey. He's taking a social media hiatus, podcast hiatus, and he's really focusing on trying to to grow this startup. And so if you haven't listened to episode 470 and maybe even 465, you can get a little more background on, you know, what's been going on, but this has been an ongoing conversation and you'll hear me refer back to things that Mike has been dealing with and fighting through and struggling with uh, for quite some time. So it's it was a good conversation this week. I think Mike's making some progress on some fronts, not as much progress on the marketing side. Um, you'll hear me bust his chops about that a little bit in this episode. And uh, overall, I think you'll enjoy it. Our big future of MicroConf announcement went live last Friday. I imagine you heard episode 474.5 that I put into the feed that had the audio content of that announcement. It was super fun to put together. It's one of those things that's super stressful. I mean, you know how it is when you're launching something. And it's one of those things that I couldn't talk about. You know, on the MicroConf team, we've we've been talking about and thinking things through about expansion plans for I mean, for years, literally, but pretty intently for five, six months trying to plan everything out. And then even just having a video, you know, recording a video like that and having it produced and, and having a moment where everyone watches it at the same time was, it was definitely, it was exhilarating and it was, uh, you know, an experiment for us. We wanted to dip our toes into the water, but it came out really great. And as always, thank you for all your support. And we, we really are just looking to, to get more people to connect with one another. And I, I hope to connect with you, but I obviously can't meet everyone. And, and the idea behind this whole community has always been connecting more of us to one another, which is exactly why we planned this expansion and exactly why we're diving in headfirst in 2020 and beyond. It's getting close to the holidays. I hope you're taking some time to, uh, you know, to think about what the new year brings and to spend some time with your family. I'm going to continue to push episodes out every Tuesday. And for now, let's dive in to the conversation with Mike. Mike, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well, man. Yeah. I, uh, I always enjoy our conversations. I love circling back up with you in here and what's going on with with blue tick yeah cool well uh, where, where do you want to start today <laughs> yeah you told me so you told me offline that you had a pretty big win this month you want to tell folks about that yeah so i was working through a trial with a customer and they were looking at everything because they wanted to use blue tick for their team and they signed up for the uh 500 a month plan so 
It's a pretty big win. It's you know one of the larger, obviously it's the largest plan that I have at the moment. So it's nice to see that somebody signed up for that and um, you know went through some onboarding things with them, got all their user accounts set up and got their mailboxes added. And they, I know that they were working on some integrations to do direct work with the public API for BlueTick. And so far, everything seems to be going well. I've uh, answered a few support emails, but no major issues to speak of. So that's kind of nice. Congrats, man. Yeah, that's super cool to hear. And I know that, you know, that has a has an impact on on your overall MRR. So it's cool to hear. We really haven't had a big win like that in a long time, you know, since we kind of started started talking about this. So I applaud that. And I hope to hear more about it, you know, next time we, we circle up. Yeah, definitely. The one of the things that it made me realize was that um, in terms of the team accounts, obviously, you know, getting a five hundred dollar month customer versus a fifty dollar month com- customer, that's a huge win. Not just a win, but it's also a large revenue boost. But in the past, I've been looking at smaller companies where they've got you know anywhere between one and uh, three mailboxes or something like that. But the level of effort for those larger customers is not really that much bigger. And for this particular customer, they they sell software, which I hadn't had a whole lot of success trying to sell BlueTick to customers who were running SaaS businesses, or even if they had like a lifetime value of you know several thousand dollars. Even though those numbers tended to be fit well with like services companies where they're selling something that's five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars. And I think that the reason for that was more because I was looking at the types of customers who are selling and their lifetime value is spread out over a much greater period of time versus the ones like this one where, you know, somebody buys their software and it's a couple thousand dollars kind of right up front. So it just made me realize that there's probably a lot of other customers that fit that type of profile where their price point for their software is even just the starting point is probably relatively high and it'd be worth talking to those people and saying, hey, would you like to put an automation process in place such that you're reaching out with anybody who starts a trial? But I think it's just a matter of segmenting the types of software companies and and what their price point is. If you're listening to this and you fit that bill, reach out to us, questions at startupsfortherestofus.com or you can hit Mike up. I was going to say DM you on Twitter, but you're not on Twitter anymore. I don't want to call out your personal email address on uh, on the show, but we'll you know my, we'll absolutely get this over to, to Mike if you send it there. It's pretty easy to find. <laughs> yeah, you're in it. yeah you, you can contact Mike. Pretty, singlefounder.com, I'm guessing you have a contact link. but I think it's on the website too. <laughs> or gosh, I guess they can just go to bluetick.com. No, bluetick.io. Bluetick.io. And there's a con. All right. Yeah. All right. I made this way more complicated than it needed to be. But that's, that's what I was going to ask is like, cool, this is a great win. How can you get more of these? You know, what is the, what's the, I don't want to dig into all the details of the customer, obviously, but like what industry and why do they sign up and how do you find more of them? And sometimes these things are anomalies, obviously, but if you think it is, could be a repeatable kind of customer archetype that works for you. I think that's, that would be a big win. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that a little bit more once the December is over. I've got a bunch of other things going on that I'm working on that are just taking time and effort to do. And so I just don't really have the bandwidth to expend the energy and focus to, to go after those other things. But it is definitely something that I want to proceed in going after starting in January. Cool. So that was our big win. Tell me that this is not our big loss or our big uh, agony of defeat moment, Mike. The Google audit, is it done? Is it done? Yes, it is. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. No kidding. So I got the letter of assessment. I don't think I, I don't remember whether I had that the last time we talked or not. I think I was still waiting for it, but I got it back. And as soon as I got it, I turned around, sent it to Google and it was about a month later. So I sent it to them and they replied to the email that I sent with the letter of assessment saying that they're still waiting for my letter of assessment. And I was probably less than polite in my response 
because it was literally right below where they had written, you know, <laughs> where is your letter of assessment? But the next day they emailed me and said, hey, everything is good. You're all set. That's really, really good news, man. Uh, what, what sound effect should we, uh, should we trigger here? Is it like people clapping? Is it glasses clinking and someone chugging whiskey? I, I don't know. Maybe a car crash because <laughs> yeah, it's been such a train wreck the whole time. I'm happy for you, man. So this is the second. This is the second win. So we're off to a good start. It can only go downhill from here. Oh, uh, you, you, do you want to just wrap up right now and be done? With yeah, this? that's right. <laughs> uh, if you have a question for the show, cool. No, I, I'm glad to hear. Has it taken? You know, it's been about five weeks. I think since we talked. Has it? Did it take much of your time during that five weeks, or were you able to? To it, was it just a small blip? No, it was just a small blip. I mean, I, I didn't have anything to do. Like once I got all the paperwork back, I mean, I sent it to Google and basically just was waiting for them to come back and say, hey, this is all set. But I remember, think that I had heard that if you email them again, it basically puts you back to the bottom of the queue. So you're better off not saying anything, which is just the most bizarre way to handle it. But it is what it is. I mean, because they, they probably work backwards from whatever's been sitting in their queue the longest. So I kind of get that, but it still sucks to have to wait and not be able to ask, hey, there's this deadline coming up. Are you going to do anything with this paperwork I sent you? Well, cool. So let's let's move on from that. So th- that means you've had like five weeks of, of undistracted work, right? Because, you know, life never gets in the way, like getting sick or Thanksgiving or kids being home from snow days, I'm sure happened or whatever. So uh, we haven't, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had that yet this winter, but I know it's coming. So talk to me then the recurring, there's been a recurring theme around this untestable sealed.net component. And I brought it up multiple times about, hey, are you going to get rid of it? And you said yes. And then I, last time we kind of went back and forth of like, should I be doing sales and marketing or should I be getting this done? We actually had a comment from a listener, Ralph Corduroy, on episode 470, which was the last time we talked. And he said, regarding ditching the .NET package that makes testing hard, it hasn't been made clear why the application code needs to change. A re-implementation could take the subset of the API that the application uses and provide just that. None of the application code would know or care. And then whatever needs to peek through for testing would be added. It seems much simpler than altering the code to use a new API that would need designing in parallel, thus take time and be easier to justify. Yeah, it's it's not an actual, it's not an API. It's an actual library that's compiled into BlueTick. That's the problem. Got it. Yeah, I'm not sure I completely follow what he means yeah, by I, some of that. I think he's, he's if you had coded to an interface or something that you had created, I mean, he's kind of saying it's an internal API, I think. But it is interesting. I mean, the bottom line is you've said the way it's done, it's a tremendous a tremendous amount of work because you have to redo a bunch of stuff in the database. Do you really need to redo this stuff in the database, by the way? Would it be possible to not do that? Or is it be, once you switch the component... It has to be. And I'm talking, when I say possible, I mean, like sometimes you have a naming convention that you, oops, used the vendor's name, you know, in the component's name in it. And if you switch it over and it's a new component, it's confusing. Why do we have that legacy name? But it's st- the code would still work, right? So I, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking. Yeah, there's a decision that I'd made early on to kind of save some time, which was to take the component that they have and dump it to a JSON file and then read it back and then put it back into that object. And that's part of the problem. So like it's it's not even just an interface. It's like the entire component and it's being stored basically as kind of a binary blob. So it's it's not nearly as easy as it could be to 
rip that out. And I have written a bit of an interface around it to abstract it a little bit more so to make it easier to use a different component. But I'm still going to have to convert all of those things in order to completely rip it out. And I need to go through every single one of those blobs and convert it into whatever the new storage format happens to be. So it's it's not just a simple rip and replace. Totally. And there's two things. I have two questions on that. One is Ralph's final question on his comment from the episode, that episode. And he said, what's the minimum that can be done that provides regression tests to allow development to continue apace? Is there something less, is there scope of less than what you described that would allow you to do it? Or is it all or nothing? It's it's probably all or nothing because of the the naming conventions and stuff rely on that component. And I don't since I don't have access to the source code for it, I can't just kind of copy things out. Like I could probably decompile it and use them as is, but it would still be really, really hard. It's just not easy. And plus, like a lot of that stuff is integrated into my unit tests. So I have to rebuild a bunch of those unit tests as well. Right. And I think that brings me back. It's like I'm not sure that I want to rehash this this decision, but the more we talk about it, the more I'm thinking, do you really need to remove this? Like what you, you said it was that you couldn't test it because it's sealed. And so you can't write unit tests around it or something. And I'm, I'm just thinking, is that that big of a deal? Maybe, maybe you just live with it, you know, and save yourself. Cause it's, last time we talked, you said it would be a week at a best case. It would be a week of data of the rewriting of the blobs, right? The data manipulation. No, it's going to, it'll be a week of just the data migration. Like once the work is done, just to migrate the data is going to be a week. Right. So that's what I was saying. It's like, so it's like two weeks or three weeks of full-time work to get this done. And when I hear that, I think, ouch, how important is this? Uh, So there's other things that I want to do, including have a separate database for each customer for their mailboxes to be able to do more to allow people to mine their mailbox for other information that they can't get in any other way. Like there's literally no way to do certain types of queries on a mailbox. Like even if you go into Gmail and start typing certain things in, there's there's literally zero way to get certain queries to work. And it's just, I would like to be able to surface some of those those things through Bluetick, but it, some of those features are so far off that it's not worth it for me to go all the way down that road right now. So like, I'm kind of kicking at it a little bit to get certain pieces of it out, but I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of implementing stuff for the next three or four months in order to get everything working the way that I want it to work in an effort to, to implement features that are probably a year off anyway. So it's like I'm I'm trying to rip out this particular component so that I don't have to deal with it in the future and that I can test things as I need to. Because right now I can't even uh, – like I have a hard time testing like email headers in certain ways and going back to previous emails. It's just harder for me to do that right now because I don't have some of the infrastructure in place right now. And I can't put the infrastructure in place until I rip this thing out. Got it. It's a tough one. It's tough to have. It's tough to have code that you got to redo. You know that doesn't provide value. Without like walking you through the like the specifics of it, it's it's really hard to describe. Yeah, and so you have decided to rip it out. And last time I was kind of pushing you, like you know, if I were you, you could ignore this and because so, obviously you need to do sales and marketing because you need more customers to kind of make all this, you know, all of it worthwhile. Frankly, but that having that legacy hanging over your head, the tech debt you know, it's going to slow development. It makes you not want to build certain features that you may want to build. And I was kind of more on the side of, I would, I would eat it, you know, during this holiday season, I would eat that personally, I would eat the time, but I'm like 55, 45 on that or 60, 40 or something, you know, I'm not like 95, 95, five. I think an argument could be made both ways. Where do you land right now? Have you started working on that? Are you going to replace it soon? Or are you just going to punt it? 
Well, I mean, I started working on it a while ago, but it's just like, you know, kicking at it here and there and trying to abstract things a little bit more to, to get further along without breaking anything that's already in place. And there is like a, an, a second interface in there to replace it, but I've got to write some of the code that's going to port all the objects. So right now what I'm doing is I'm kind of in a holding pattern probably for another week or so because right now I'm also still working on some of the additional multi-user functionality for that larger customer that I added, which I kind of prioritized above pretty much everything else, to be perfectly honest, I mean, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, no, if it's revenue, that's that should rise to the top. And that's that's the thing with this .NET thing is my concern, Mike, is I think that I think you have a history of letting things hang around too long, you know, and not and letting them linger and not just diving in doing the work and, and getting it done so that it can be behind you. And I felt like the Google audit was one thing. I know you couldn't have done that fast, but like we've been talking about the Google audit for like, how long? You think seven months, eight months? And this .NET component too, it's like six, seven, eight months. And that to me, if it's that, if we have been talking about it, if it's been that important that we have, then it's time to resolve that thing, you know, and to, and to get it off to get it off the to-do list or to get it, it feels like a shadow or a cloud that's kind of hanging over your head. And I, I just don't want to still be talking about that. I don't want you to still be talking about that in the spring, you know, or next summer. Oh, I totally agree. Like, I mean, this this piece of it has to be resolved. And for the Google audit, I was holding off because I didn't feel like I had enough information to be able to make a good decision either way. Like, I know that you're always working in kind of a realm of uncertainty where you don't necessarily have all the information and waiting to get more information isn't always going to give you the information you need to make it make a better decision but i also recognize that google was kind of like throwing this out there to everybody and saying hey you have to do this and everybody was kind of kicking and complaining about it because nobody really knew what to do or what it involved so i mean i had a few conversations with other people before i went through the process and before i had made the decision to go forward with it. And I got at least some clarity, but none of that clarity that I got was from Google, which sucks, but there's nothing I could, there's not a whole lot that I could do about it. And even since then, like I've had conversations with other entrepreneurs who've gotten in touch with me and said, Hey, I know that you went through this. Can you help us out? What is it that you had to do? And I've been able to help them, which is kind of nice to be able to do. But at the same time, I feel like Google could have been a lot more forthcoming with a lot of the information and they just weren't. Oh, we know, Mike. We've been through it with you. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm happy. I think the a win for all of us is that I'm not going to ask about the Google audit next time. Like that's checked. It's done. And I kind of want to get there with the .NET component. You know, I know we can, we can't just make, wave a magic wand and make it go away, but it's something that, that I want to see you move past, you know, when you can. So obviously I would prioritize the customer features too. Anything that's driving revenue would be number one. Totally agree. Someone circled back. They wrote in and asked if you ever took the Enneagram. No, I didn't. Well, I took the wrong one. <laughs> you took the wrong one, yeah. That it was like a personality test that kind of tells you kind of what motivates you. And I was saying, like, for me, it was like creating things. And then I had been worked with folks who, like, were about achievement. And they were more kind of the Jeff Bezos role where they didn't really need to make things. They needed, to, they didn't need to, yeah, to build or make things. They just wanted power, you know, or not just, but they wanted power and achievement. And that's what made them happy. So it's an, it's an interesting... Obviously, it's not a cure-all or whatever, but it's an interesting thing to, to learn about. So the test is in our show notes, the link for last episode. But I think a couple people asked, called in and said, yeah, I'd really like to know, you know what motivates Mike and all that. So, so you're telling me I got to go into the show notes and look for that. You got it. Oh, I can send you the link. I'll send you a link and I will reimburse you for the $10 or whatever it takes. You know? <laughs> no, you won't. I'm teasing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> send me your Venmo, Mike. Uh, How about there was some marketing stuff you were 
you were talking about there was a podcast tour. You had someone sending emails to try to get Johnson Podcasts, which, you know, as I said, I didn't think would be a long-term impact, but certainly getting out there, it's easy for you to do to jump on a podcast and wondering if you've had any traction with that approach. Yeah, I have. So I've been on a couple of podcasts over the last, I don't know, month or so. I'm still working on other ones, but uh, let's see here. I was on what was it? Sales tools and also on uh, Jane Portman's UI breakfast, but that one's not going to be out until next month, I believe. So I've been on those two so far, but there's a bunch of others that I've kind of started reaching out to and we'll kind of see how that works out. Okay. So two sounds okay, but that doesn't sound like how many, you know how many emails have been sent? It doesn't sound like a ton of traction. No, like maybe five or 10 tops. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> like I, yeah. How, how did that happen? Cause you hired a contractor to do it, right? Like two months ago. Yeah, like most of the stuff's set up. I'm just kind of holding off on hitting the button. And actually, uh, my mastermind group tomorrow, we're meeting up. And one of the things that we have is like, hey, that button's going to be clicked tomorrow to like actually just start blasting these things out. (laughs) Stop holding off on hitting the button. Yeah, why are you holding off on hitting the button? Because we talked about it last time and I was like, cool, you're getting ready. And you're like, yep, I'm going to do it. And we're, we're five weeks later. Like, what was, why hold off on that, you know? I don't know. I honestly, like, I almost feel like it was one of the reasons that I built Blue Tick to begin with, which is like, people don't want to hit that button. And I, it just needs to be pit, to be perfectly honest. And honestly, like, I, my mastermind group member, he's just like, yeah, we'll just share a control and just go in and click the button for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope right, they bust your it. chops. Yeah. Consider your chops busted here on the show that you did not hit that button in the past five weeks. Cause I, I really thought that that was, it was an easy thing. It was mostly set up and that's something that, that you got to be doing with this other stuff because it's easy for you to do. And I just feel like that's one, it's one more step. It's one more action, you know, to get you going. The other thing, please tell me you hit the button on this one, Mike, cold email. <laughs> you said you had 900 addresses from some LinkedIn connections. You had prior blue tick cancellations. You have some sales leads that never convert. You just had a whole a list. It, was, it wasn't even cold. It was warm and you were going to bucket them and start kind of getting back in touch with them. And last we chatted, that was going to start. You hadn't done it because MicroConf Europe. And I said, cool, you're going to get that going. And you were, I think, generally agreed, like, yep, this is the next thing to try to get more prospects. Tell us where you are with it. Yeah, that's a total fail. Oh, no, you're killing killing me, dude. I know. You know, for for whatever reason, I feel like I don't want to start stuff in December when it comes to that stuff. I don't know why. But it's December 12th. Like we, sp- I think we last spoke November, let's say November 5th, maybe, give or take. The three weeks before Thanksgiving, I think, are still good. I think starting stuff now, it's December. Really? Yeah, no, I do. I mean, November was always a decent, typically a decent growth month. It was never the best, but um, we always had decent growth. Whereas in December, things tended to level off with my apps. So now that we're mid-December, there's no reason to start doing it now. I, I don't think you want to book a call the week of December 15th. So now it's a, and this is what I talked about when we originally talked about it. I was like, I don't, I don't want you to start this mid January, you know, which is now where you, where you're going to wind up, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a bummer, man. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you don't feel good about it. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't, I don't really have anything to, you know, offer up for it either than it just didn't get done. And it should have. I mean, I can point to all sorts of things as to why it did or didn't, but at the end of the day, it just didn't get done. So that's kind of where things are at. Do you think it'll get done before we talk next time? That'll, we'll talk mid-January. It'll definitely get kicked off. Yeah, it'll definitely get kicked off by then. It'll definitely get kicked off by then. I love that. I am so quoting that back to you. I'm actually going to go ahead and make a note of it, <laughs> of that sentence uh, here in the notes. Awesome. So back to a win you had on 
Last episode, you had launched the Zapier integration, I believe. We want to update us on that. Is that yielding anything? I think you need, didn't you need a certain amount of like beta users in order for it to be public or something like that? Yeah. So right now it's in early access, but I need to get to 50 users in order for it to, in order to do any sort of co-marketing campaign with Zapier. So, I mean, until I get to 50 customers, I'm probably not going to get to 50 users for it. You know, it, it would just be difficult to do that. I mean, there's there's probably ways I could sort of hack it to some extent, but it's, you know, I, I got to get to the 50 customers first. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I would just try to get, try to do it organically, mm-hmm. I think. Huh. Okay. So we'll table that one. And that one may be tabled for a while, actually. Something we ran out of time to talk about last time was kind of personal stuff like motivation, sleep, exercise. How how has your motivation been over the past five weeks? It's been generally good, but I keep, I'll be honest, like I wish I didn't have to struggle so much when it came to like front end code for Bluetick. And, you know, I don't know, part of it's just a lack of familiarity with some of the CSS that's in there because I'm using libraries and, you know, templates from that I got from Rap Bootstrap. And it's just some of it's just hard, harder for me to do simple things than I would like. So I've started just like throwing things in like directly into the CSS, like with the style as opposed to using classes and stuff like that, because I'm like, you know what, I just don't care. This just needs to get done and it just needs to work. That's a bummer. Is it? Do you have any budget to hire a front-end dev so you don't have to be mired in it? You know, and that's, I was actually thinking exactly that uh, earlier today when I was, when I spent like two hours fighting to try and get an image to display in the right place. So what I'm thinking of doing is going, when I run into certain things like this, just go into my bug tracker and add them in there so that it says, hey, this needs to show up in this particular place. I can't get it to work. And then hire somebody to go through and get a lot of those things done for me so that I don't have to do it. And I don't have to spend my time and effort trying to figure out how to get it done. Yeah. Any sticking point, I mean, I, I, you know, we know you're bootstrapping. We know that there's not a ton, you know, you don't have so much revenue that you can hire anyone full-time or anything like that. But I think if this is a point of friction, I mean, think about the question I just asked was like, what's your motivation like? And you were like, it's been good, except for front-end code. And it's, so front-end code is not just a technical challenge. It sounds like it's something you are not enjoying. It sounds like it's something that's affecting motivation. So it's, it could really solve a lot if you were able to pull it off and bring someone in part-time, even if it's like, even if it's 20, 40 hours a, a month, um, that could be, it could feasibly, you know, kind of reduce the burden on your mental state as well as allow you to move faster. Oh, definitely. Like I, I have no doubt that somebody could get it done probably five or 10 times faster than I am. So just to say like, this is exactly how to do it. That would be perfect. So you're thinking about that and it sounds like a good idea. I mean, is it something you're going to do? You know, because we can bat ideas around, but if like you're not, I mean, if if it's not a good idea, then don't. But if it is a good idea, should that become a priority? Like for me, that it sounds like it might be, but then then you have to take the step, right? You have to whatever, go on Upwork or you have to work your network and you have to find that person and vet them and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's the challenge I have is, well, how much time is that going to take versus trying to do it myself? And I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be better served having somebody else do it, not even knowing that, it's going to take some upfront time and effort, and it's just going to push off some of the the time frame of implementation for certain things. Because like if an image is completely in the wrong place, like I really don't want to push it live, but at the same time, maybe it's not the end of the world. So, sure. I mean, my take on it, it again, if I were in your shoes, which is how I like to think about and kind of couch when I when I do offer advice. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying if I were in your shoes personally, and I have a 
the concept in my head of, of what you're working on and, you know, how hard things are and what you do and don't like, I would look to hire someone. And the way I would do it, I like, I know you're focused now on getting features done so that the big customer that you just landed sticks around. So that would be my number one priority. So I would not let hiring derail that. But you're not going to be doing any marketing over the next, let's say, three weeks, four weeks, because cold email isn't going to work over the holidays. You know, there's there's all this stuff. So you, you have this time to kind of crank through some things. And to me, it's like the big customer support is number one. Hiring would probably be number two, and that unsealed.net component in my head would be number three. But the hiring... Interesting thing you can do is if you go, whether you go to Upwork or whether you go to Authentic Jobs and WeWork remotely, I have to think of which of those allow part-time, but writing up a job description for a front-end dev isn't, it doesn't take that long, right? I mean, maybe it takes you an hour to do it. You know, you can use an old job description or whatever old posting you've used. Post that. And if you post on a higher-end job board, you tend to get higher quality, but a lot fewer candidates. So it shouldn't take you a ton of time to, to vet. And again, that would be my second or third priority, probably second priority that I was doing after supporting that big customer. So I will say that and leave it at that. I'm not trying to badger you into hiring someone or anything like that or forcing you to make a decision, but I don't want your motivation. I know what it's like to have crap on your to-do list that you don't want to do and don't like to do. I still have that. I've had it. You know, we have it our whole entrepreneurial career, but it's trying to minimize that. It's trying to get less and less of that as you move forward. And so I literally do look at my Trello board once a week and say, what of these things am I procrastinating on because I don't want to do them? And can I just archive this thing or can I hand it to, you know, we have a VA exec assistant, that, you know, can I hand it to anybody on the team such that I enjoy my life more? And I think that's important, you know? Yeah. For, I think for me, mentally managing the trade-off in, I'll say runway versus how much am I going to be paying for this is kind of difficult as well, just because I like I've only got so much runway to work with. And at the same time, like I've got to grow the business and anything that I spend is going to take away from that. So it's like, all right, well, how do I how do I manage this? Like if the if the complete business was cash flow positive, then it wouldn't matter so much. But including my time, it's definitely not. So that's where I struggle a little bit. It was like how much how much should I budget for this kind of stuff and how much money should I be spending on certain things? Sure. And that's without seeing your finances, obviously, we can't even begin to, you know, conjecture that. So let, let's leave let's leave that one at that. I'm curious to hear where you wind up with it on the next episode. How about sleep? Overall, you, your sleep had gotten much better over the last several episodes. You know, going back nine months, it was terrible and it had gotten better. How's it been over the last month or so? It's been touch and go. So I've been sick for the at least the past week or so. And my kids were sick the week before that. So and then it was like Thanksgiving and I don't know, lots of other stuff kind of in between but it comes and goes. So like sometimes it's great and sometimes it's just not so much. But I, I would definitely say it's generally better than it was six months or nine months ago, but I think it could always be better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, as we know, sleep kind of impacts everything, right? Because that impacts your ability to focus. It impacts your motivation during the day. It impacts a lot of stuff. So that's something I, I know you're keeping an eye on it, but it's like, it's, that's super, super important. Yeah. And I'm like, my doctors have me on a couple of uh, let's see here i'm up to like five medications again i think so are you oh yeah no. the past past That's couple of weeks have good. not been help helpful <laughs> it's like i you know i get off of a bunch of stuff and then i go back to the doctors like oh you need to be on this and this i was like all right fine so i'll come off of two of them in about a week and we'll see how things go okay yeah how about i'm gonna i'm gonna just let that one go <laughs> there i'm not gonna dive into it. exercise 
How about that? You were exercising like twice a day at some point. I, you know, it was the last call or anything. No, 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 not that, not that much. It was like, tw- it was like three times, three or four times a week. Okay. So. Oh, it was just one. I think one day we recorded, you said, I've exercised twice today. I think that was the statement. You didn't say you were doing it twice a day, but. Yeah, there might've been that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How's it been though? The past two weeks have been off. Uh, and I think that's mainly because of Thanksgiving kind of lumped in there but I've got to get back to the gym and it'll probably be this coming week just because I've been sick for the past week or so. So I haven't gotten, I think I got there once or twice last week. I think it was just once. It was like at the very beginning of the week. And then I haven't gone at all this week. So I got to get back there again next week. But I I have the motivation to do it. It's just lately I haven't had the energy because I've just been, I felt terrible. So like even right now, my, my sinuses are all congested and I'm a little woozy from the meds that I'm on. So they affect your blood pressure. So the doctor warned me. She's just like, yeah, be careful walking up and downstairs. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. (laughs) <laughs> oh, goody. Yeah. And you realize the reason I ask you about this stuff, like I ask you about motivation because A, I'm, I'm interested and I want to hear, I want to hear what's going on, but B, I think it's a good touch point for you to probably think about every week or four weeks or five weeks when, when we discuss to, to really think like, yeah, how is my motivation? You know? And I think the sleep and exercise stuff, I mean, the exercise is probably more an account of an accountability thing that, that you think to yourself next time Rob and I chat on the podcast, you know, I hope, I hope you feel a little bit of pressure, like friendly pressure to keep doing it because I think it's super helpful for, for all of us to have, you know, some type of exercise in our routine. So, yeah, I mean, generally like I've, I'm still keeping track of everything that I eat and, uh, that's been going really well. I mean, I'm down at least 10 or 12 pounds or so over the past three months. So that's been, that's been going well. So I'm, I'm at least losing weight. Like I had planned on doing, it's just maybe not nearly as much because I haven't gotten to the gym nearly as much. Right. So lastly, let, we'll wrap us up with uh, differentiation. I need to talk to some of my customers more. And so we had talked about, you know, should you change your positioning? I mean, you had brought up like get things you need from other people, like a W9, for example. You were going to have more conversations with customers to figure out if you needed to add features to be unique and then write the code to implement that. But last time you were still noodling on stuff, the time before that you were still noodling on stuff of like, I'm not sure yet, you know, how to make this unique. I'm not sure what my angle is. And I had said, you know, if you're not doing that, you either need to be have, have unique traffic channels, you know, or be the best marketer, right, just to get people in top of the funnel. Or you need to have that that unique selling proposition that differentiates you, the, the positioning that means, oh, at least a subset of people really need what I have and pretty much no one else has that. So I'm curious where you are with that. So this leads into something that I think you and I had briefly talked about it before the episode, and we were probably going to leave this off of it, but it was, um, I was talking to somebody about possibly doing an integration that would provide a fair amount of that file collection capability. And I've, I'm, we're still like, we've only had one conversation so far, but their product is completely API based. So it would probably not be too difficult to get it to work with Bluetick, uh, but I still have to go talk to a couple of customers who I specifically know have that particular pain point of being able to collect files from people on an ongoing basis. And I just had that conversation with him earlier this week. So now that I've had that conversation, and I think it was 
It might have actually been yesterday when, it, when we talked. So now that I've had that conversation, now I have to go through and uh, go back to those customers and say, hey, like, we're just thinking through this. Is this something that would be of interest to you? Would it help? Would it make your life easier inside of BlueTick? And if so, you know, do you also know of anybody else who has a similar type of problem where, you know, right now they've got kind of things hacked together with BlueTick, but with an integration like this, it might be possible to make it a much more smoother experience. And if so, like, I want to know, are there other people who would be who would benefit from it and what those people look like and how to get in touch with them. And once I know that stuff, then I can decide whether or not to actually build it and do that integration. Right. Interesting. Okay. So it's, yeah, it sounds like it's a one-off thing. It's not like you're actively reaching out to customers and having conversations you are, or, or, did, or was this an outreach thing from you or was it an outreach from them? Oh, you mean for the integration? Yeah. For this, the, I think you said that there is a customer who probably needs that or a potential customer. Yes, but like they're they're making it work right now where they're just basically asking people in an email. But my idea was to basically bake the functionality directly into BlueTick. So when they send an email, they can say, hey, go to this page and upload the five things that we need from you or whatever. And this other tool can do those things. And if I can integrate with that other tool, then I can provide that to my customers sort of as like a white label thing. But it would get me farther without having to write all that code. So uh, I, like, I would have to write the integration code, but I wouldn't necessarily have to write this whole other tool to collect all the files and everything else that goes with it. So I'm still kind of noodling on that, but I, I want to talk to the customer and say, like, does BlueTick serve your needs right now or would something like this be better? Does that make sense? It does. It's kind of, and this is it, right? Is it's like starting when you have these small numbers in their early days, it's, it's trying to take one instance and extrapolate, right? And ask like, are there other people like this? Extrapolating from a single data point is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's what you have to do right now. I've got one kid. 30 would be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, that's that's all I have today. We've I think we've covered pretty much everything. We have some wins. We have some not so wins. Overall, how do you how do you feel about the past five weeks? Feel okay? Feel good? Great? Uh, okay. I mean, there's there's been some high points, uh, you know, with the Google audit getting done and adding the large customer. Those were those were fantastic. Low points with things, you know, like having to deal with the front end CSS code and a few other things that just haven't gotten done. Some of the marketing stuff that I wanted to get done. And there was one customer. I, I won't want to call him a customer because they signed up and it was like on the day before Thanksgiving or something like that. And they signed up for like an onboarding call. And I was like, yes. And then I looked at the time of it. I mean, it was 4.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm like, so literally the day before Thanksgiving. I was like, all right, fine. And then they, they ghosted me, didn't show up, didn't wow. respond to any of my emails. I reached out to him several other times and then the billing went through and then it was like 12 minutes later, they asked for a refund. I'm like, oh, I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. That's the hard thing about being solo, right? Is you run into stuff like that and it's like, you don't have anybody else to handle it or you don't, yeah. So eh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's a, a obvious low point. I mean, that, that's just like a kick right in the teeth. It's just like, you know, I really tried to help out and tried to do something. And of course, you know, the, the cancellation email was like, I didn't want this subscription and it was all in caps. And I'm just like, oh, come on. I'm like, all right, fine. Just, you know, refund. Bye. That's it. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. Get something else That's, done. You got to move on. You got to move on. Kind of wipe your, wipe your hands off and, and be done. That'll, that'll certainly happen. I had to make a conscious effort of just like, you know, dust my hands off and just walk away and be like, all right, whatever. Nothing. I can't make everybody happy. 
you can't get, and you can't get hung up on it. You can't get, you can let it ruin your day, but you shouldn't, you know, these are the ones where you really have to shake it off. It happens every so often, sometimes more, more often than not, depending on your customer base and you just, you got to move past it. So it sounds like you had a good, good head about it. Anyways. Yeah. Let's wrap up, man. We will, uh, catch up with you again after the new year and, um, hope things go well over the holidays. All right. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. We'll talk to Mike again in four or five episodes. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I will talk to you next Tuesday. If you have a question, we have a Q&A episode coming up with Brian Castle. And if you have a question specific for him, he knows productized services. He's launched a couple SaaS apps. He was essentially a non-developer that taught himself how to code in order to have more control over his ability to launch SaaS apps or any other questions, I'm just going to pull out ones that I think he knows about. You can email them to us at questions at startupsfortherestofus.com, or you can always leave us a voicemail at 888-801-9690. We have a theme song, and it's actually an excerpt from a song called We're Out of Control by Moot. We use it under Creative Commons. In any podcatcher, you can search for startups, and we're typically in the top three to five. And go on the internet and search for startups for the rest of us, and you'll find our website that we recently redesigned, maybe three or four months since then, but you can check that out. We have full transcripts of each episode within a week or two of those going live. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.